Good morning and a very warm welcome to morning worship in the parish of Casluchur and Gorsainen. It's really great to have you with us. If you're a newcomer, you're especially welcome. Please remember to go to our website, syncath.org.uk, for more information about the work and activities of the parish. And you'd be very welcome to get in touch to discover more about how you could get involved and play your part too. As we begin the service today, let's pray together. O God, the protector of all who put their trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy, increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and our guide we may pass through things temporal and finally lose not the things that are eternal. Grant this, Heavenly Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So together let's worship.
Today's reading is taken from Romans chapter 7, verse 15 to 25. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. I wonder, do you ever find yourself trapped in bad habits that you want to break free from, but you find yourself unable to do so? Or do you ever find yourself deciding that you're not going to do something, and then you do it anyway? During lockdown, I've been on yet another diet. I've known for some time that I've had weight to lose, that overeating isn't good for me, and yet I've done it anyway. Even last night, after an agonising conversation with my wife Claire about the need to stick strictly to Slimming World rules in order to lose weight, by 10pm, when I was tired and relaxed, somehow I managed to munch my way through an entire box of lint chocolate. The faintest glimpse of chocolate is just too tempting for me. In today's reading, Paul, once a persecutor of Jesus' disciples, has become a follower of Jesus himself. But despite all of the good intentions, there's a real problem. There's a tension between his good intentions and his actions. He has a desire to do what he knows is good, to live out his newfound faith, but he finds that he can't always carry it out. I don't understand my own actions, for I do not what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Despite Paul's good intentions and desires, he has the capacity to do evil instead. 
Believing in Jesus is an act of faith, but becoming like Jesus is a lifelong process and it involves battling between our internal desires and intentions on the one hand and our actions on the other hand. Elsewhere in the Bible, Paul compares our Christian growth to a strenuous race or a fight. I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. Ultimately, no one is perfect and no one deserves a relationship with God. Not the pagan who doesn't know God's laws, nor the person who knows them and tries to keep them. The laws of the Old Testament are proof that no one, other than Jesus of course, can keep them at all. And all of us must depend totally on the work of Jesus for our salvation and for that clean slate before God. It's a gift and it can't be earned, not even by our good behaviour. I know that reading my Bible and praying is good for my spiritual growth and I made a decision long ago to delve into the Bible and to pray every day. But there are very often days when I don't or I can't and I feel guilty and I sometimes cry out to God as Paul does today. The busy tasks of the day, my tiredness, laziness, distractions all have the potential to get in the way of my good intentions. Just like Paul, I agree that God's law is the way to live and it's ultimately good for us, even when despite our best intentions we don't act as if we want to live by those laws. The law itself is God's good and common sense, each command sane and holy counsel. Paul knows that God's law is holy, it's righteous and good, yet he still finds himself failing to keep it. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I can't do it. For I do not the good that I want, but the evil that I don't want is what I do. Paul acknowledges that the responsibility for him doing wrong, or at least choosing not to do right, ultimately flows from his sinful nature. There's a conflict, he says, on the one hand between his inner being, being renewed daily by the Spirit, and on the other hand his flesh. As a believer, Paul knows that his inner being belongs to God and that his very heart has been set free from sin. But until Jesus returns to take us home or to establish a new heaven and a new earth, his sinful nature will never fully be overcome. And hence, his battle is no surprise to him and it shouldn't be for us either. Encouragingly, Whilst we remain in a very real way slaves to our sinful nature on earth, if we've trusted in Jesus' life and death on the cross as something to earn our salvation, and if we've been welcomed into God's family, we will wholeheartedly seek to delight in and to live by God's ways, calling on his Holy Spirit to help us in this battle. So in practice, what that can look like is that as a Christian I desperately want to forgive those who've wronged me and I want to love even my enemy. But as a human being, it's sometimes the case that I feel it impossible because anger consumes me and because of the way that I've been treated by someone else. The old story goes that there are two dogs inside of us, a good dog and a bad dog and you become the dog that you feed. Yet, in reality, even when you choose to feed only the good dog, 
the bad dog still rears his head from time to time. The difference between the before and after of becoming a Christian isn't so much that before I sinned and then after I was sinless. Not at all. The difference is that before becoming a Christian, sin was in character. It didn't really worry me. Whereas after becoming a Christian, it was utterly out of character. I didn't want to do it. It caused me pain, and I regretted it when I did it. Not so much because I'd let myself down, although there was always that, of course, but because I wanted to live a life that was pleasing to Jesus, Jesus who'd loved me so generously and given me more than I could ever imagine. And, of course, I'd let him down. Recognising the struggle and living in the midst of it isn't a sign of failure, It's a confirmation that we're in fact running the race of life with Jesus. The struggle that Paul describes is a consequence of living in the overlap of two realms, between earth and heaven. The Christian's inner being is under the influence of grace and life. But while living in this world, his body remains in another realm, and under the influence and mastery of sin and death. He's had a taste of having a foot in both camps, something that's never easy. This battle was real for Paul, and it's real for us too. But in Paul's cry out for relief, he is able to praise God, because he knows that God has made a way to rescue him from those struggles through Jesus Christ. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Are you struggling in a battle? A battle between what you want to do and how you want to live and how in fact you actually live as sin continues to assault your daily life? If, like me, you know only too well this battle with sin, then please realise that it's a key mark of a genuine Christian believer. You're no less a Christian. You don't need to pretend that you're unscathed by these battles. We all are, even Paul, and that should come as a great relief to all of us. Paul says that this conflict is a normal experience for every believer. Christians will be bothered by sin in this way, because when they come to know God and have experienced his love personally, they'll genuinely want to please him and to obey him. Some people have suggested to me that this experience of struggle is the experience of a Christian not yet trusting in the Holy Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, if we walk by faith in Christ, they've told me, then we can truly stand aside while the Spirit gains new victories over the flesh every day. But this kind of teaching can place an unnecessary burden on genuine Christians, people who continue to struggle with sin while they wait for the redemption of their bodies. Yet, there also must be some truth in it, and it sets us a challenge. For with God, all things are possible. As someone told me this week, impossibility is the end of all things man and the beginning of all things God. Whilst we shouldn't beat ourselves up unnecessarily for this daily battle going on inside of us, we shouldn't also become complacent in our desire to overcome the sinful nature. Jesus left his disciples the Holy Spirit to help each one of us discern God's will for our lives and to empower us to do it. We absolutely should be calling on the Holy Spirit as our spiritual armour to help us win the battle. 
and wherever we can we should try and break those patterns of knowing what I should do and not being able to do it. That may mean asking for more of the fruits of the Spirit, such as self-control or patience or even forgiveness. Surely this is what enabled someone like Corrie Tamboon to truly forgive the prison guard who'd persecuted her and her family in a World War II prisoner of war camp. Let's listen to her own words. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man, that was one of the most cruel officers, guards, in the concentra- in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus, I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done, but then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness and Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven will you forgive me and I could not I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him but when I saw when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. And I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5.5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who has given to me and thank you Father that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness that same moment I was free and I could say brother give me your hand and I shook hands with him and it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms you never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies forgive no I can't either but he can
the powerful testimony of Corrie Tamboon there. As I look at myself as a Christian in the world, I realise I'm not free from sin. But as a Christian empowered by the Holy Spirit, I am free to overcome sin. To paraphrase John Newton, I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I one day will be. But by the grace of God, I'm not what I once was. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord God, that every single one of your words is helpful to us. And it's just like a nutritious meal that we eat and it sustains us throughout the day, giving us energy to live well um, and do, do good things each day. Lord, 
I want to lift up our world to you and the different battles that the world is in right now. Um, at the forefront of our minds is the coronavirus um, and all the havoc that that has caused. And I want to pray into the battle that's currently going on. Lord, we pray for healing for all the individuals who are currently fighting the virus, that you would enable their bodies to overcome the virus and have physical healing. We pray for those scientists who are working so hard to find a vaccine that can keep us all protected in the future. Would you inspire them and use their knowledge to develop this, this good vaccine that will be so good for us? And we lift up the NHS and care homes um, and places that right now are in that battle between opening up from the severe lockdown that they've been in for so many months, opening up so that in some ways normal normal routines can begin again, but in very abnormal ways. Would you help them in their battle to open up, but be as safe as possible for all those who, who come into those places? And Lord, we pray for the economy, the world economy and the battle taking place there. For the big hit that individuals and companies have had where they have lost so much financial income and are struggling to stay afloat. Lord, we, we thank you that shops and pubs and restaurants and um, attractions can open again now and start to make steps to get financially well again. But it's a scary tightrope to walk. Would you be in the midst of that battle, God, for them? And we pray for support for those affected financially and ask that you will protect them from individuals and companies that may seek to take advantage of their struggles and vulnerabilities. Lord Jesus, we lift up the battle politicians are under right now as they are given lots of different information from different people with different agendas. Would you help them, Lord, to listen to the good dog as they make important decisions that will affect so many people's lives? Holy Spirit, we just invite you into all these world battles going on right now. And Lord, we pray for our church as an organisation and as a family, as it battles opening up to have face-to-face worship and prayer again, but doing so again in very abnormal ways. Lord, give wisdom to leaders who have to make very pragmatic decisions right now about that, how that can happen within their own church cultures and environments. And Lord, we pray specifically for individuals who have so missed meeting together and so longing to meet together and connect physically once more, but are so fearful and anxious of doing so after everything that's happened. Lord, be in the midst of their battle and help them make the right decision for them with what to do. Lord, I pray for blessings for both those who are excited that they're able to move further afield and can meet loved ones that they haven't been able to for three months. And blessings for those who continue to shield and continue to be cautious and and stay within their own four walls. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into their lives, their situations and bring your comfort and hope. And Lord, we are so very thankful for our very own Ordinand, Lisa Morgan. Um, For the two years she has spent with us, it's been such a blessing. And we thank you, Lord God, that yesterday she was ordained a deacon by Archbishop John. And we pray for her as she... She's at a crossroads as she prepares to leave Gorsainen in lockdown conditions and she begins a new ministry in the Ithon Valley. God, go with her and bless her and use her mightily for your name, Lord Jesus. 
And finally, Lord, we pray for us as individuals. And we thank you for the reminder encouragement that even the great Apostle Paul lived a life of constant tension, doing what he knew he should, shouldn't do, and what he was tempted to do, even when he knew he shouldn't. Thank you, God, that you leave us the Holy Spirit, who doesn't bring condemnation when we fail, but he comforts us, he encourages us, and he challenges us to draw on spiritual resources to overcome next time. And in a moment of silence now, we lift up before you, God, the daily battles and the daily tensions that we know we face in this way. Lord, we confess them before you, asking for your help to overcome them. And we thank you that you don't leave us as we are, but enable us to become more and more Christ-like. And Lord, we lift up to you those who are in personal battles themselves, those battling between health and disease, financial stability or ruin, life and death, those at a point of crossroads in their lives where they must make big decisions, peace versus anxiety, a choice of whether to give up on something or continue to press on. Please help them to recognise your voice and your spirit within their own battles and please equip them with your power and your grace. And in the silence right now, we just name them before you. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So as our service draws to a close, and as we begin another week, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you.
Let me turn.